everybody. Happy Tuesday and happy summer. Hope everybody's having a uh, great start to your summer. We're about 20 days in if you're out of school. For all of you kids who are out of school, congratulations. Hope you're having a great summer and enjoying it. Uh, for all of you Christians out there who are working your way through C2, woohoo! <laughs> oh my goodness, it is the dog days of summer here. Um, if you've noticed the link above Cynthia's name in the chat room, that is for my good friend, Chris Carter. Um, and I hate to start the rev off with such sad news today. Um, one of my dear friends, he was a, absolutely just a wonderful friend. Uh, Chris Carter with Discover the Heaven Ministries passed away last Friday. Um, and to give you some information on the background, um, the link, first of all, is for donations to his wife, Melissa, and his kids. He has two little kids. And so please go over and donate. It's in Discover the Heavens. You can also get the link there. But uh, he called a bunch of us about a month and a half ago, and um, he had a lump in his jaw and had to go um, get that checked out. And he asked a bunch of us for prayer because he had worked in our network of speakers and um, he just was such a blessing, man. Such a good friend. And um, I can't talk too much about this or I'll cry. But uh, it happened real fast. And um, the next thing I know, we didn't hear from him. And then I got a request to be on a call with him for prayer. And um, he was, the next thing I know, he was in hospice. And this all happened within about a month and a half. And then we lost him. And so we didn't we didn't lose him, having gained him, but we uh, will sure miss him. That's all I can say. I, I made a tribute to him. If you didn't catch it, it's on my YouTube channel. Please go listen to it. It's with about my last interview with him. He's just a wonderful human being. And if you'd never seen the goodness of God, it was on that young man. And so he just had a precious, precious family and. Uh, wonderful calling and it's going to continue on i'm excited to see what god's going to do with the information in the days ahead but yeah please go check it out please donate to his family and help them in their time of need and definitely keep his wife melissa lifted up in prayer because they sure need it i think they're laying him to rest either today or tomorrow i'm not sure um i haven't got notification about that yet but and i hate to start off a rev with that but i wanted to give honor to him in his life because he had a heck of a calling what a calling he had. He interacted with the angels. I dubbed him in my last interview the angel whisperer because of his life calling. And wow. So wow. But on to different, uh, another topic. Uh, we are entering into the dog days of summer. C3, C4 as of the end of this month. Um, if you're struggling in your walk right now, that would be why. It's also because it's a time for high witchcraft. <clears throat> this is a time for there are summer solstices and things like that so we're actually because of what our nation is going through right now have we're going through about four times the witchcraft that we would normally go through and and so that's the reason for a lot of your difficulty in hearing the lord right now they're really coming at intercessors they're coming at front runners and you have to get free you have to get free i've said this for three years now and i'm tired of hearing myself talk about it but you can't you know, you can't make some people listen, but um, it, it is also a time for us to stay focused um, and to make sure that we continue the task at hand. 
um, and finishing getting the nation through to where God wants it to be. So I hope that's you. I hope that you're making your way out and through. Hey, good, good afternoon, everybody on Facebook and on, uh, almost said T-Mobile. <laughs> okay. I need to get over there sometime this afternoon, uh, Facebook and YouTube. But anyhow, good afternoon, everybody. I'm glad to see you. So there's a lot going on. We have a lot going on in Ezekiel's wheel right now. I have a lot of great surprises coming up for you guys. Um, we have a lot of cool speakers coming on the show. God has me starting up the radio show again, and it's to actually bring in prophetic insight. <clears throat> Pardon me. As to what's going on in the nation, what's going on around you, it's to help intercessors and front runners. And so um, we've got Eli Lasky coming up in July. Um, we're bringing Brett Starling back. He's a prophetic voice with the morning shot. Eli Lasky and his wife are with um, Taking the Cuffs Off Ministry. Phenomenal apostle. Phenomenal prophetic word. If you haven't checked him out, go check Eli out. He'll be Apostle Eli. Pardon me, sir, if you're hearing this. But Brett Starling from Australia is coming back. We're going to bring him back with the morning shot. And he's got some dynamic insights as far as what's going on in America right now. And it's funny to me how God is showing all these people outside of our nation what's going on. Yet our prophets don't seem to really know what's going on. And it's not really that. I shouldn't say it like that. What's going on is that you have a lot of witches and Satanists creating macro micro spells in the atmosphere. So it's it's hindering the words from hitting the third heavens. And you have to learn to overthrow those things. <clears throat> and I've talked a little bit about it on the show. We'll talk about a little, maybe about later today. We'll talk about it later today. But, and then in September, actually, Brett's in September. Apostle Craig Wells from the Rock Church in Coffee in the Cosmos. He was a good friend of Chris and I. And uh, he's going to be on in November, actually. So, bringing a lot of cool stuff to you guys. You're going to want to check it out. I think I'm bringing back uh, Dr. Rick Young as well. He's a dynamic uh, apostle. And, um, we haven't decided when he's going to come back. I think Rick Young's coming back in September. He's my September slot. So I'll have to get back to you on that. Happy birthday, Joyce. It's always great to see our peeps on here. I hope you guys are having a great summer. And uh, by the way, Margaret Rowe and I have a brand new book coming out. Thank you, Margaret Rowe, for being our sponsor. We love you deeply. Uh, Margaret Rowe and I wrote a book about grief. I know that's a, uh, a topic most people don't like to talk about. But we've given you a different spin on it. And it's because we wrote it from the perspective of somebody who came and had experiences in heaven, which she did. She and I walked in heaven <clears throat> and she got to talk to her spouse and the Bible. I know all the heretics out there are going heretics. Listen to me. They're going to probably going to call me a heretic. All the religious people are probably going to say, you're a heretic. You can't talk to the dead. Well, let me just tell you that the thin, the vent, the, if I can talk, the veil is so thin right now, you can taste it. You can really taste it. That's why we're having so many interactions with angels right now. And that's why Chris's ministry was so prevalent. Can you guys pray against the witchcraft? We've got some people on here that are wonderful human beings. They're about as bright as a light bulb. And so they're trying to release witchcraft. We bless their head, hands, feet, and mouth in Jesus' name. We bless your head, hands, feet, and mouth. We bless your head, hands, feet, and mouth. So anyhow, that's the kind of people we have to look forward to dealing with in the days ahead. This is what the problem in the body is. Three-fourths of the body are screwed up. They're stuck in their own flesh. They release this crap, and not just on my ministry, but on other people's ministry. But we're not tolerating in here. We're going to really let God deal with you. And you're either going to do things God's way, or you're going to hit the highway and hit judgment. Hit the brick wall of judgment. So that's what's coming your way. God bless you. Um, and that's the love of God coming to you. That's called tough love. And God did it with the men in the temple where he whipped them up one side and down the other with a cat of nine tails and said, Get out! Get out of my church. 
I'm not buying your brand of love here. And that's what he's saying to three-fourths of the church right now. I'm not buying your brand of love here. And so we're not putting up with that either. God said not to tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. And so we hold people accountable. That's part of being your Christian walk, by the way. It's part of being a Christian. You're accountable to people. You own your stuff. And you're quick to get rid of it when he tells you to get rid of it. So, but anyhow, we want to thank you, Margaret Rowe. We're looking forward to this book coming out. I think it's going to be a really powerful tool for the body. Because I really, really believe, too, that, you know, God doesn't want us to stay stuck. He doesn't want us to stay stuck in grief. He doesn't want us to stay stuck in the past, stay stuck in our stuff. He wants us to get back up like David, wash yourself off, and jump right back into the fight. You've got to. You have to. Matter of fact, the same day my friend passed away, the Lord told me that. He said, I need you to get back up, Missy. And I was like, <laughs> what? I had the wind taken out of my cells. I was like, what? And he said, no, no, no. There's a lot coming up. I need you to stay focused on the task at hand. And so this leads me to our conversation this afternoon about what's going on in our nation. And uh, we have a lot of things coming up right now. And I don't know how the, how much this is going to enthuse some of you, but I have to speak what God's telling me. And so this is what God's been talking about with regard to the economy being set up to fail. And you know that, right? You realize where we're heading. I hope you have some extra stuff on hand to offset some of these things. This is why we're seeing a spike in food prices, things like that, gas prices. They're trying to go back to the gold standard. You know that, right? So, but in the interim, we're having to deal with um, all this other garbage that's being released our way. And so, for the obedient, the Lord's saying, "Don't get into, don't get into fear. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and of a sound mind, because you're going to be well provided for." <clears throat> for the disobedient, people who have refused to get free, the Lord says, "There's going to be a struggle for you in the days ahead." As hardship falls onto the land, this is in the natural. What's going on in the spirit? In the spirit, I'm always going to try to give you what's going on in the natural than what's going on in the spirit. Um, As you can sense, we're kind of in a stagnant place. People are tired of the fight. They want this to be over with. They want to get their lives back. But, you know, if you know anything about God, God is not in this to make you comfortable. He's not drawing near his people so that we can go back to the same crap that got us stuck. He's allowing these circumstances to happen in our lives and in this country to force us to either choose to come back to love or to stay stuck and face the wrath from above. I hate to say wrath, but it's judgment. It's a type of judgment on the disobedience. Because if you haven't noticed, God is separating out the tares from the wheat. We haven't gotten to that part of the conversation, but I'll get to that in a second. But as we move deep into C2, chamber two of God's heart, we're seeing that it's a fire season. It's a fiery season. And it's it's the place of strange fire from April 30th through June 30th, where you have a choice to continue on in your flesh, or you have the ability to choose life. The flesh is death. The Holy Ghost is life. So it's a testing of the mind, if you will, to make you think about what you're thinking about, to make you really um, start paying attention as to what your choices have been. Are you still choosing to go back like a dog to your vomit, 
back to your old ways or are you continually evolving in Christ, being transformed by God? Because that's what got the church in this quagmire to begin with. They got stuck underneath the apparatus of religion. They chose not to change and be changed. And so hence we find ourselves in this mess as a nation. So as we move from June 30th through August 31st, I'm telling you guys, you've got 72 days, 72 days, every day, every day to meet with the Lord, get cleaned up every day. And if you've gotten behind in past seasons, this would be a good time to get caught up so that you step into the ninth evolve and you start being inspected by God and hopefully approved to come up higher. That's your objective every year to come up higher, to be approved, to be invited in by the king, to come up into the higher parts of the seven spirits of God. We've got lower dimensions of God's heart, January 1 through June 30th. Those are the lower dimension gates, the upper dimension gates you have to be invited into. You don't get to just come on in any way you want. You don't get to do that in this part. You have to be invited in, lest God spew you out. So if you found yourself in this place, now's a good time to start asking God for a little bit of help and grace. And so he's going to help you navigate through. But if you found yourself sleepy, found yourself real sleepy the last three, four days, those are those higher levels of witchcraft coming down there. That's their summer solstice stuff happening to you. And so if you're highly fatigued, witchcraft causes fatigue. If you're highly sleeping, they're trying to put you to sleep, trying to make intercessors not as engaged, not wanting to pray. Hello, this is not a year like like every other year. This is a year like no other where you have to stay engaged. You have to stay focused. And I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I put some things off. I really put some things off as far as um, going on vacation, things like that. I am extremely focused right now getting this thing prayed through into the end, whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, we're in it to win it. And so that sounds like a cliche, but it's true. But there's heavy duty warfare, heavy duty witchcraft caused by summer rituals and ceremonies, solstices, which are causing uh, you problems and hindering you from moving through. Meaning, more darkness is trying to creep up in and around you, sheep. So it's time to get free from the flesh so you can continue to climb into the divine. So God, what, what, what are we doing with God? What is God doing with us right now? I really, really believe that God, we're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. I really, really believe that. He's waiting on us to stand up in him, to choose to stand up in our most holy faith and begin to get cleaned up so that when we pray, our words actually do something as God's warring bride. Remember, he's coming back for a spotless bride. He's coming back for a warring bride, for a bride that has eyes for no other. He's testing us to see who we're going to choose. C2 and C3. That's your strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire. Are you going to choose to come up higher? Are you going to choose life? Are you going to continue staying stagnant in death? Thinking, oh, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. Let's tell each other we're okay. Let's pretend. And God's saying, no, everybody's got something. Ask me what you want me to deliver you from. I'm looking from within. Only he knows your heart. So the church keeps saying it wants revival. How do you think revival comes? 
It's when people turn from their wicked ways, their flesh, in order to come back to love, back to truth, back to God again. Everybody's got something. You can't pretend like you don't have something like you've arrived or like, oh, no, I can't. I can't uh, reveal that in this public place because oh, what if they don't like me? Actually, what if, what if you don't like yourself? But that's not even the truth there either. What about what if God knows you? What if he made you? Imagine that. What if just a big what if there? But it, it's time to start getting honest with God. You say you want more of God. You say you want revival. I believe this is that. So, again, we're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. And, you know, it's interesting. As God moves the Ezekiel's wheel through time, this is what it is. It's the Ezekiel's wheel. Do you understand how that operates? Remember when I told you the wheels, they start off in the form, in the shape of a cross, the wheel within the wheel. And then as time aligns and moves through time, the wheels where we're at right now, the wheels are flush. What does that mean for you? That means heaven is touching earth because the inside wheel is purely the spirit. Where the outside wheel has to deal with the 12 tribes of Israel and their flesh. So it would not surprise the Lord where people chose to stay in the outside wheel. <clears throat> instead of coming to the inner part of God's heart. Which you have to be invited into. But when heaven touches earth, you have to understand there's going to be pressure, right? That's Holy Ghost fire. And God's power will always overrule the enemy's strange fire. And so this is where you have to choose. You have a choice to come up higher. Nobody's going to make the choice for you. Nobody's going to do your work for you. You have the choice to serve the true and living God or continue serving yourself in your flesh. That's what comes with the flesh. And so God's looking for a pure, spotless bride. And so it's the flesh then in strange fire that lets us see who's operating in the true king's decree or the fake king's decree. What's the fake king's decree? I've been teaching about the true king's decree. It's those hearts that have chosen to get cleaned up and they're actually hearing God. See, there are two realities going on in the nation right now. There are two streams. There are false prophets, demonic realities, and there are true prophets that are giving the true reality of what God is doing right now. And it's all about how much of God you have, how much truth you have. God is the way, the truth, and the life. He is love. He's tough love in this hour. But what he's doing, he's getting tough on America. He's like, you, you fell out of power. You decided to go it alone, thinking you could do this on your own. And God says, let's see how you fare. <clears throat> so now we're seeing a lot of people in despair. And they're like, what happened? What happened, God? What happened? My prayers don't hit heaven anymore. You think? He's not obligated. When you decided to play God over your life, when you got into your flesh. He had to draw back because he said, thou shalt have no other gods but me. So the enemy actually created this mess. Hello. Back in 2000, I believe is when it started happening. When witchcraft uh, started releasing demons into our environments through demonic portals. Hello. How did they do this? I believe they released it in and around 
truly godly people. And in the church, they targeted the church very specifically to tear your courts down. Hello, you have an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies. But they strategically started releasing trauma demons that created trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma. You also had them in your bloodline to try to get you to, to be misaligned so that you wouldn't come up in time. You're lifted up for such a time as this. Sons and daughters of Issachar are supposed to be knowing the signs and the times. Your signs are what you're born into. That's your flesh, your zodiac sign. That's the devil's heart. Where he wants to keep you, where he's wanted to keep you from the start. And then you got redeemed, hopefully, by Christ. And he laid his super on your natural, which was from Chris Carter, the Maseroff. God bless my friend, Chris. You're listening. I bless you. I thank you so much, God, for that young man. But God laid a super on your natural through coming up into divine time where time for you was realigned. Psalms 31, 15 became your new normal where God said, now your times are in my hands. They've always been in God's hands from the beginning. There's appointed times, a time for a man to live, a time for him to die. Only God knows these things about us. But for the seasons in, in our time in the earth, we're supposed to know what time it is. We're supposed to be time keepers if you're truly hearing the Lord. But when you, when you lose track with the Lord and you start believing more in yourself than you do him, thinking, well, I got this thing, and you start getting into that independent spirit, that, that worldly spirit, thinking, oh, I can do this. You know, we want to be like the world, kind of like Israel said when they wanted a king, King Saul, and look how that turned out. We saw the blunders of that king. That's what he was indicative of the fleshly leaders of his day. We've got him in our day today. So God started hearing the cries of his true saints. And they're like, Lord, we, we need you. We don't need a fleshly king. We don't want to be our own king. And then the Lord started drawing near because you got the king's attention. And he said, who's that I hear? Their, their prayers are making making their way up into the heavenlies. And then he realized there were pure-hearted people left to sing the song of the king. Do you know how to harmonize with the king? Can you catch the king's attention with your prayers? Through the heart in what you sing. So, how do we do this then? We try to start moving back towards the king as God begins to heal our land to help his people get back up from their stupor from their flesh that caused them to fall down to lose firepower as one of God's greatest nations in the world is light on a hill Yet everybody's still living life as usual, going to church in their dead structures of religion, going to prophets' houses, <clears throat> trying to be entertained. When God said, not one of these things would save you. And there's still some who are trying to continue leading into the new as the enemy of their soul seeks to wear them out. But I really, really believe what God's about is he's trying to see who's going to stay until the end. Who's going to press through the darkness and, and get to their promised land. 
That's where some of you are heading into. That's the obedient. That's where God desires to meet you. Because God says, if you hang on, and if you don't allow yourself to get weary and well-doing, I know this is a hard part of my song. And it's kind of that bridge in a set of lyrics where you hear the harmony and you hear the music and you're like, I kind of like that. And it brings you into a new place of grace and that new place of uh, seeing things a different way instead of the same way you used to see or sing through. You ever heard a song like that before in your life where it changes your life forever? You ever heard a song like that? And you listen to it over and over and over and over again. And, and, and I don't know about you. That's what I do when I find a song that I really, really enjoy because it's, it ministers to my soul. And it's, and it's from above, and, it, and I know it's in love. It's written from a heart of love. And so it's the lyrics in that song and that, that make a bridge to the other side. But when I start to abide in Christ, I'm not in the old by and by. I'm not in the dead structure of death and religion. I'm coming up higher through him where I can reach him, hopefully with my words, with my song in him and so we have to choose to ask god what's keeping us from getting there what's keeping our heart condition stuck and then you got to ready yourself for his hard responses because you know sometimes when you listen to songs i don't know about you have you ever heard a song that made you look at yourself Made you take a long look at yourself like, oh, God, that struck home. That struck a chord. And, and you were never the same after that. You're just like, golly, man. That, and it gave you a different perspective on different things around you. That's the place God needs you to get to. Will you stop being stuck in the old by and by? And you quit living a lie. Trying to convince yourself, oh, things are going to be great. We're going to be fine. <clears throat> in due time. Yet nothing seems to be changing around you because your heart's not really being true to the one who made you. He's not living this lie with you. And I know I'm sorry to have these hard words for you guys. This is just what he gave me to talk to you about. But this is what caused a lot of nations around the world with Christians in them, Christian leaders, to start tanking. They started tanking because they started thinking for themselves instead of relying upon what God had to say about a situation. That brings me back to today with what we're talking to you about. You know, it's interesting when I was, I was driving to go get coffee this morning and my mom and I were talking and she said, you know, Melissa, I'm learning to ask God about everything that I do. Everything. I said, isn't that interesting? I said, that's what he's been talking to me about too. Everything. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be a part of everything in you. Not just what makes you feel comfortable or what you deem him to do. He's not here to serve you. It's the opposite that would be true. I'm not trying to rhyme. It's the way it's coming out. But everything in this hour 
is being allowed by God for the separating of tares and wheat. That would be the obedient versus the disobedient. To where we're going to begin to see those who have chosen the flesh over the things of the Spirit. God warned us for three years this would happen. Here we are walking it out. We're walking it out. And I know that in this hour, people are like, gosh, how long is this test going to go on? I am mentally tired. I'm physically tired. I'm spiritually tired. And God said, but I made you. So I know how I equipped you to build fortitude. And God says, if I built you for a certain season, that means you can press through. Because it's not you that does this. I do this through you, says the Lord. That's why it shouldn't be any sweat off of you. I'm not being hard on you. I'm being honest. If God says I can do all things through Christ, we can. Because I'm putting the demand on him, not man. So in getting cleaned up then as his bride is the only remedy. Pardon me. That's going to give you firepower in the days ahead. And again, from today until August 31st, you have 72 days. Every day, 72 opportunities to get free. 72 opportunities to show God how much he means to you. To get his attention so that he invites you in and through. You want to be invited in. 72. So this is the new place we find ourselves in. And when God does invite some of you through, you're going to be invited into the feast with the groom where the real power is at. And you'll start to feel the shift, which you should be starting to feel. You should have felt a shift um, June, about two weeks ago. You should have felt the first big shift. Actually, it's the second big shift. The first big shift happens in March. Second one, June. Third one's in August. The fourth one's in December. Four crossover times a year. Those are four big shifts. And if you're obedient and getting free, no one can stop God from moving you in and out. Hallelujah. Right on, Joyce Romer. I hope that's you. And so you should have felt that shift. And if you have, then you went through another. It hasn't been as bad as it was before that shift happened, by the way. Before the shift happened, there was a lot of pressure. A lot of like pressure like I've never felt felt before. Okay, because they're trying to stop you from getting through your door. So and that's not the main door. The main door is in August 31st. That's the head of the year at the High Holy Days. Okay, that's your main focus right now. That's why you can't stop. That's why they're hammering down so hard through witchcraft to get you fatigued, to get you misfocused, to get you mentally tired to where you stop short. No, you don't stop. You keep making yourself do the things you've done before And God says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All things. 
So God's taking you out and through. So this is the new place you're finding yourself in. And, and it's beyond the fatigue, the physical, the spiritual, but it's needed. It's the needed place if you're to be safe in the days ahead. And I sincerely suggest that all ministries, you need to be taking your sheep through intensive deliverance the next 72 days to get them to stand back up spiritually, which is probably going to include some warfare if you haven't been doing this. And so the devil's not going to be happy, but I believe it's also a necessary hardship that's worth the cost if you're willing to do it. I really, really do. And so nothing in life is ever worth happening, having either, by the way, that doesn't cost you something. You realize that, right? Nothing in life. And you're pressing through into your new, you're going where nobody in your family's ever gone to before. And so that's why the warfare is so hard, because the place that God's taking some of you is a place that you've never been before. Nobody in your family's ever tasted this part of God's goodness to see that he's a good God. He's a very, very good. He'll always be good. He'll always be good. So when we talk about God's heart, most of the obedient will be crossing over into God's Holy Ghost firepower with God giving the invitation for them to come into his seven spirits or a.k.a. higher dimensions of love, which are included in chamber three. I've talked about chamber one, chamber two, chamber three, chamber four. Each one, you have four chambers to your heart. God has four chambers to his. Each chamber has, it's considered a season. It's considered a, a tool, that a refinement tool that does something for the body. And it's actually a high powered tool to help you get cleaned up if you've fallen away from God, if you know how to tell time. You've got to know how to tell time, and you've got to be able to track with the divine. Are you really hearing? Or are you listening to the demons inside you? We're seeing that in the false prophets. That's one of the two streams I was talking about. So if you have been obedient, at the end of August, the obedient will then move into C4, into major angelic activity. That's what my good friend Chris used to always teach us about. You've seen him on my shows. He was on the shows a few times and he came into Ezekiel's wheel. We used to take classes from him. Golly, man. If you haven't checked out Discover the Heavens, you need to go check it out. Go check out his videos and start putting these things into practice. He may be He may have been invited back home with the Lord, but that doesn't mean that God didn't leave you a tremendous gift to put into play. See, God's not going to hold our hands forever. He'll bring leaders in front of you who say, hey, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk ye in it. And then he's like, well, you did your job. Thanks so much. Come back home. And he's going to see what the rest of you decide to do with it. Are you going to stay stagnant in your vomit? Are you going to come out and through? Because I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the words from God are getting pretty terse. And I think that's because I'm sensing a a frustration from the Lord. A frustration. And because people aren't listening, they're still thinking, oh, we're just going to go back to our normal and life's going to be... Business as usual, it's going to be booming. 45 is going to come back and it's going to fix it. He's not God. He's not God. And by the way, God's not going to let any man sit in his place. He wants to be numero uno in your life. 
Number one, which brings us to 1 Kings 22, 1 through 53. Let's talk about some deliverance where people get into other people's business. You ever met people like that? I'm going to get up into your mix this afternoon. And this is a problem everywhere. We see this everywhere. We see it on social media. We see it in reality TV. Matter of fact, when I saw these things coming onto the scene, I thought, wow, this could go south really fast. This is just teaching society how to be in each other's business because everybody is nosy. Everybody's curious and they think it's their right to know about what the next door neighbor's doing. We have it in cameras on the street corners. We've got it everywhere. Big brother, you name it, to teach people to always be aware, be watching somebody. Lack of trust. When true love really believes the best of people, if you know who God is. I don't have to be in your business. I don't need to know what you're doing in your personal life. God's got you if you know him. If not, then somebody else has you. So if you're one of these meddling sheep, like Jehoshaphat was, old Jehoshaphat and Ahab, he needed to learn to mind his own business and learn to stay in his own battles and quit trying to Take up everybody else's battles. So now the, the Bible says, if you have all with your brother, you go to your brother, right? So if people are trying to get you to pick up their offenses and they're trying to get you to fight their battles, I, I'm quick to tell my friends, tell me the other side of the story. I want to know both sides of the story. There are always two sides to every story. Trust me, yours is not the only side. And just because we're friends doesn't mean I'm going to join ranks with you. You want to know why? Because I happen to have been taught by two people who were my parents that there were always two sides to a story, and usually they would differ. The facts would differ. The truth would differ. Perceptions would differ about who was right and who was wrong. But when you got down to the root of the issue, there was always a right and a wrong. And people needed to learn to deal with their issues. And my parents were always really, really strong advocates on making people deal with their issues. They never let us stay stuck too long. If we have aught between my brother and I, he, they were like, tell me your side. Now you tell me your side. Yep, you're grounded. You're not. Go to your room. Make it right between each other, but then you go to your room until you decide to do things right and live in truth. So that's where God's got in the body right now. <clears throat> He's sending some people to their room and they're losing firepower until they decide to do things right in the way he does things in this hour. And so what they actually call Jehoshaphat's issue <clears throat> is called just picking up the spirit of offense. Where they needed to be following God's ways, but they refused. And then here they go acting like they're very loyal to these people. When in reality, and that's what people do. When they've been with people a while, whether it's in a church or in a job, your friends, your family. How many of you know how to stay diplomatically true to the one that loves you? God has to be number one if you're going to stay in truth. He has to be number one. Because what, what I'm seeing is that we have a lot of people trying and trying to justify a false sense of loyalty. And what they really are, they're serving as yes men, yes women. Oh, I've been here for 20 years and, oh, they would never do that. You know, I believe love believes the best of all people, but love also recognizes sin. 
It recognizes sin and it goes to the Lord about things. <clears throat> when you see things aren't going right for somebody, those are pretty good red flags for me to start inquiring of the Lord, asking God, what do you have to say about this? Why are these things happening to this person? And he'll tell you flat out. He'll tell you they're in sin. They've rebelled against me. So I'm allowing their enemies to defeat them. <clears throat> Until they decide to do things God's way. So then we, what we have then, when people decide to stay stuck with those people who refuse to deal with their sin, what happens, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, is those, that, those people stuck in false loyalty begin to be used by the enemy demonically to cater to the denial and dysfunctionality of those that God is trying to deal with. We see it everywhere. We see it everywhere. That's why we have these young kids who, when we're all, it's all of us at one point in time in our life, where we were raised in families with dysfunctionality. And all of a sudden, some, at some point in our life, we, our eyes are open to, oh my God, my family's messed up. Yeah, everybody's this. Everybody's this. Everybody's got something. But are you dealing with your something? <clears throat> are you letting God clean you up? Because this is what happened to Ahab when he got Jehoshaphat involved in his battles. When Jehoshaphat had no reason to meddle there, and instead he created more havoc. Do your friends create more havoc in your life? Or are they in order? Do they keep their nose in their own business? Do they honor your families when your families have disputes? Do your leaders do this for you or do they stick your nose in your family business because they have a relationship with you? My attitude about this is if I don't have a relationship with you, it's not your business to be in my business. I don't care who you think you are. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. Mind your business. I don't meddle in your business. Don't mind mine. <clears throat> That's called boundaries. And God's bringing us back to the basics of love. And so there are certain things we used to not do as a society. We didn't meddle in other people's marriages. We didn't meddle in other people's business. We minded our own business. This is where a lot of people are finding themselves at. <clears throat> where a lot of people have their friends calling them with their problems and they're not being honest with themselves, with that friend or with God. So they try to get you to pick up their offenses. And you might be the nosy type. You might be the middling type to where you go off and fight someone else's war that never even involved you. How stupid is that? Because then the person that got you involved, if they're outside of God's will, guess who's going to get judged right alongside of that rebellious person? All accessories, all people that got involved, everybody gets judged. Did you understand that? For putting their mouth on people, for putting their prayers on people, for putting their offenses on people, picking up other people. It all comes back to roost. Galatians 6, 7. You reap what you sow. So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be throwing my seeds all over the place and wasting my time, my precious time. That's one thing you never get back, by the way. On people who refuse to walk in the divine. You understand your flesh? Good. Go over there. Get stuck in all this crap. God says to be at peace with all men. I don't know the God you serve. That's the God I serve. 
be at peace with all men. He's a God of order. So, this is what happened to Jehoshaphat. And it almost got Jehoshaphat killed because he got mixed up with the wrong people, the wrong leader. Some leaders can get you killed. Even in the church today. We've got that much dysfunctionality going on because we've got so many people operating in the flesh. And, and if they're not operating in the fruit of the Spirit, there are certain ways that God hand us, has us handle things. <clears throat> and if you're not doing things God's way, it's okay to get angry. There's such things as a righteous anger. But are you following God all the way through the circumstances? I don't care if it's at church. I don't care if it's in your job. I don't care if it's in your family. I don't care. God doesn't care. You shouldn't care. He doesn't care. He wants you to do things his way. If you say you're a child of Yahweh. <clears throat> but if you know anything about the story, Ahab tried to, and this is what dishonest people do. When they're dishonest with God, they're dishonest with you. Because they're not even honest with themselves. But Ahab tried to make Jehoshaphat a decoy, and it almost got him killed. He tried to use him as a scapegoat, if you will. And this is what bad heart conditions instill. And these are the times we're living in. Times when people are so... They have so much demonic activity operating in and around their hearts that if you're not getting cleaned up, then guess what you'll be facing? You're going to be facing danger in the church as well as the world. We're already here. We're already seeing it in churches now. <clears throat> people have the anything goes mentality and then we wonder why people are leaving the church. Because they're tired of dealing with people who don't want to get cleaned up. I don't know about you. I'm looking for people who operate in their who they say they are. They have discipline. They hold their tongue. They know how to operate in God's ways because they want to come back to the ancient of days. But this is what we're dealing with because the flesh is becoming so prevalent and it's all because of disobedient people not getting free. But you know, you have to expect it when witchcraft and hate is allowed to rule and reign. Leaders aren't addressing it. They're not confronting people because they don't want to lose their money out of their pocketbook. <gasps> They'll stop tithing. They're a big. Who cares? Would you rather God pull you from your position? That's what's happening right now. He's finding disobedient people aren't abiding in him. They're not helping the sheep to step out and through. So he's like, I've got to replace you. I'm on a timetable. And you're not following through. <clears throat> And then they get ticked off. They get ticked off at the people who God's replaced them with. It's like, I didn't choose to be here. God put me here. So who are you angry at? You should be angry at yourself for not being honest with him and with you. You are what got you where you're at, not me. I didn't make your choices for you. Own your crap. I'll stress that. Own your crap. That's what's going to help you get beyond this attack. Also builds integrity in you. Makes people respect you. When you are honest and true. 
People know when they're dealing with people with integrity. <clears throat> they try to shut you down. They try to shut you down for fear of being exposed because they know, they know when they're off. They know that everybody knows. People are just usually afraid around that person to speak up because they're afraid of what it'll cost them. Time invested. Money invested. Titles invested. Are you in it for a title or are you in it for him? What are you in it for? This is a good time to be in. So if you know what happened then to Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat got his head back on straight. <clears throat> and where he was set up to take the fall, Ahab was slain instead. Because it's one thing to be naive as a sheep, but an entirely different thing to be corrupt. You have a corrupt heart. Most of you probably wouldn't acknowledge that. Everybody thinks they're great. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. We're all happy. But everything's looking like hell around you. And then when we choose to follow the flesh-like thinking, thinking that there are going to be no ramifications for our sin, for our corruption. Isn't that amazing? That amazes me. And, and what it's even more amazing to me is that we listen to the prophets. A lot of people listen to the prophets. I just had this conversation last week with somebody listening to the prophets. And I said, do you know what season we're in? I asked that person. I said, do you know what season we're in? I said, we're in a season of judgment. And everybody's thinking, well, it happened in my house. I must be good. Don't be so sure about that. <clears throat> um, I, get a, I get this holy fear on me where I'm thinking, God, is there anything in me? Do I need to look at something? Do I need to, do I need to get rid of something? I'm always doing heart checks. Always repenting on stuff because I know that I fail. I fail every day. You fail every day. We all fail every day. But when you're failing in the same direction, don't you think it's time to pray and ask God to help you get on your way? Not to rhyme. Really? Patterns depict issues. God doesn't want to hear you repenting for the same thing. 50 times a day for the next three years. He's like, hey, we could have had this taken care of three years ago. You could have been on your way three years ago. But when you choose to keep following fleshly thinking, there will, there will be ramifications. And you kid yourself when you run into truth prophets <clears throat> that they're not going to call you out. You're kidding yourself. Because God will show up and he will correct you. But he also will defend those who are righteous and true. Don't kid yourself. And so we come back to Jehoshaphat. And we have to ask like Jehoshaphat, did he learn from his mistakes? Do you learn from your mistakes? Some sheep will. While others will continue to push the bill until they're either brought home early are brought to ruin. You understand those are the consequences of sin, right? That's the season of judgment we're now living in. 
Because as the light gets lighter, the sheep should become more enlightened. But you also have to know that as the light gets lighter, so does the devil's darkness. As it tries to permeate the hearts of those who join ranks with it. Are you picking up other people's offenses? Are you getting involved and not really getting the full story of what's going on? Not seeking the thing out? Hmm. Golly gee. So, this is what's good about getting free with Christ. But thank God for the Jehoshaphats. Because, actually, Jehoshaphat was a good leader. And he did learn from his mistakes. And he never allowed himself to meddle in other people's affairs ever again. Did y'all read that story? Go read that. It's 2 Kings. Actually, excuse me. It is 1 Kings 22, 1-53. If you're a meddler, go read that, you little meddlers out there. So that's what that's about. So instead of what God is, let me, let me back up here. When you only listen to people who tell you want to hear what you want to hear, they tell you only what you want to hear, instead of what God is truly warning you about, you set yourself up for judgment. So yes, it's time to change, which brings us into Acts 13, 16 through 41. And it talks about, you know, God opportunities reveal character. Did you know that? God opportunities. What's a God opportunity though? A God opportunity can be good or bad. It can be a trial or it can be a blessing, but they all reveal character. They reveal who we are. And usually people are pretty good about hiding who they are when they're in a good time, like a good blessing. But it's the stressful times that show us who people are. And don't get me wrong, because some I think some types of trials, some trials can bring out pressure, like the character things with people, but it also helps them to achieve more discipline. And then you have those who are really corrupt and they go behind the scenes and they pray their witchcraft prayers and they do all this garbage. That's really who they are. That's really who they are. They're vengeful. They don't have, they have, they have a heart full of hate. Jezebel. That's what's going on in a lot of churches right now where they have Jezebel in their staff. Leaders refuse to acknowledge it. for Whatever reason, maybe they have a little bit of it in them. So it's, it's a familiar spirit. And God's like, I'm trying to bring you out and in. You've been asking me, God, grow my ministry. And God's like, I'm trying. You won't listen. You won't clean up the head. Because what happens at the head trickles down like the oil in the beard of Aaron. And because you won't clean up the head, all that crap, all that bitterness of soul from that staff member is trickling down into all your other body members. They may not even come into contact with that person, but it's at the head. Guess what's guess what you're permeating all over your people. You're spewing that vomit all over your people. And I'm telling people, if you see that spirit in staff members, run, run. Leadership, run. Get out from underneath that flock because it's it's permeating itself. And guess who's going to get infected with it? Guess whose walk it's going to affect? It just happens. It, that's how Jezebel spreads itself. It spreads its bitterness of soul on its words, on teaching, preaching. It can be in an office component. They work in the office. And if it's a Jezebelian spirit, a manipulator, a controller, 
They may not even be having, they may not even stand on the platform very much, but if they do, trust me, the platform is a speaker. <clears throat> if it's just simple announcements, things like that. Doesn't matter. I've seen it all the time. And God started having me confront this thing. We confronted it. We're a very confrontational ministry here. We are a deliverance ministry where God confronts you to, to let you get cleaned up. It's all your choice. So, what do opportunities do for you? They reveal character. And those truly busy serving the Lord are not really, um, really considered part of this. Okay? So, but opportunities reveal those who are truly serving. The stress of the opportunity reveals whose heart is who. Okay? How are you, how are you managing under pressure? How are you managing under joyful times are you the same yesterday today and forever unfortunately i am <laughs> this way behind the camera i get a little amped up i think when i get under stress i know i do i work on those things but i'm honest about it i don't have i don't there's no shame here man i am who i am so hopefully you are too but in knowing yourself allows god to help you and so in knowing God and knowing what he's calling us to do, these obstacles or these opportunities, I say, can also produce resistance. Do you buck God when he tells you to come out and through? <clears throat> Which is exemplified actually through the parable of the tares and the wheat, where God sows good seed through his people, and then Satan tries to counter God by sowing his nasty tares. Are those trying to serve in his kingdom and he sows them into your mix <clears throat> so you got to know when god's trying to bring you out and through um you can't be surprised when you're given a god opportunity or told when god's saying i want you to start decreeing a thing decreeing a thing decreeing a thing and then you're also starting to get resistance through people that need deliverance around you hello that would be me too That'd be me too. I've been dealing with this too and seeing who's who. And so we're really, really seeing this come to pass in this day and time. So God, all God opportunities really reveal are who we really are at heart. So he's allowing us to see who are the tares and who are the wheat. Because God said that when things or people go through the fire of C2, that pressure will either expose the witchcraft and Satan side of that heart or it'll expose God's heart. They'll see who's who. Because nothing can overthrow the love of Christ or the true king's decree if you have a heart like God's. And so that can only be developed through deliverance and inner healing. Is that you? Because it certainly happened to Paul and Barnabas and John Mark. In their circumstance and I want to present something new to you I'm not adding to or taking away from I'm just I got a revelation today and I was kind of wondering you know you, you kind of wonder what happened between the three of them and why they got split up have you ever wondered that I've wondered that for years and today when I was reading this <clears throat> no one really knows why John Mark went home and when he came back Barnabas was excited and Paul actually finally accepted him. But nobody knows during the interim what happened. And so 
or what conflicts happen. And so what we do know that God opportunities were created in that moment to build all three men into leaders. We know that. They had choices. They could choose Holy Ghost fire. They could choose to come up higher and acquire self-discipline and act like God acts, or they could choose to go back to the flesh, go back into strange fire instead of Holy Ghost fire. That's your opportunity as well for C2. Before you go, hopefully, and you're invited into C3, but it shows us the fruit of one's heart. But the trip started with Barnabas and Saul because Paul, it ended with Paul and his party. Now think about this. This is where my questions came in. So to me, if that happened, the way that was stated, the trip started with Barnabas and Saul, but it ended with Paul and his party. Saul became Paul. Was this possibly the conversion experience that helped Saul to turn into Paul to truly come to know the heart of God? Was this the Damascus Road experience that he had? Was this why they parted? Because Saul, I'm just throwing some things out there, my own opinion. Did Saul turn Barnabas off because he wouldn't act like God? He wouldn't do what God told him to do? So they had to part ways. Is this you? Just a thought. When God tells you it's time to change and you refuse to change and then everything goes south on you, is this you? You need to be changed more into love because maybe <clears throat> this was his true love change where the Damascus Road experience occurred. But again, we can only rely on what we know in that passage. And these thoughts are my opinion. Which brings us to Psalms 138, 1 through 8, where it talks about walking in the midst of trouble. Feel like you're in trouble? Feel like you're walking in a whole time period of trouble right now? I do not know where my mouse went. There it is. Thank you, God. Get this back over here. Thanks. Oh, I'm over. <clears throat> walking in trouble. Walking in the midst of trouble. The psalmist didn't give up. You feel like you're walking in trouble? And actually, the psalmist was David. David was a warrior. And instead, he didn't back off. He pressed in. And it made him praise God more than ever. He didn't bend into his fatigue. He didn't bend into resentment. He didn't bend into discouragement or fear. He just said, okay, God. You're near. Let's jump into this thing together. I can do all things through Christ. So troubles didn't hinder the psalmist or David's ability to share God or continue on in the calling. It gave him more of an excuse to actually press in to the calling, to do more of what God called him to do. So these were times <clears throat> that were God moments, and they actually revived David. Because he chose to stay focused on God. And hence, God got involved and he defeated his foes. So when you know what to do in times of trouble, when you know what to do when God's got you bent over a barrel, when he's saying, hey, it's time to change. You've got two options going on. You're either going to bend to God's will or you're going to continue on your own and you get what you will. David knew this. He also learned a hard lesson there too. 
<clears throat> but he repented, if you remember. But it cost him something. It cost him his firstborn son. But then again, he had to get up. He had to wash himself off. And he had to get back into praise. He knew how to do this. He had been doing this long before now. And so this C2, if you've been walking with me for a while, God told us about three or four months ago, as we entered into C2, before we even got here, he said, if you've been obedient up until now, this C2 is going to run as smooth as butter for you. That was exact words. It'll go as smooth as butter for the obedient, which has proven itself to be every bit true here. Every bit true. And I hope it's proving true for you too. If not, then maybe it's time for you to get your heart cleaned up so that things will go well for you. Because difficulty doesn't have to be difficult when we really trust God like David. It actually made him a better leader, a better man. And it prepared him for the calling of God. So your troubles never give you an excuse to stop living for the Lord. The opposite would be true. Which brings us as we wrap up today. The Proverbs 17, 17 through 18. I want to thank you for joining me. Hope you're making it, making your way through the dog days of summer. Please do go back. I also want to put this back up on the board if I can get it to copy. Uh, this is the link for those of you who want to donate to Chris Carter. Please do go consider doing that um, and donating to his wife, Melissa. They, he was in ministry, and so uh, just a way to honor his life. I put it up in the chat link. <clears throat> I'll also post it in our our comments section, our notes section on the link for YouTube. But please do, please do go uh, check him out. And uh, he's going to be laid to rest today or tomorrow. But thank you for joining us today. So as we wrap up, this is what Proverbs 17, 17 through 18 states. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. But a man void of understanding striketh hands and becometh surety in the presence of his friend. Meaning, you create chaos. Instead of operating in love from above and keeping things in order the way God would have you. So I hope that's not you. I um, hope you're finding your way through. You've got about, how many more days do we have in the month? Let's talk about this real quick. We've got two weeks left, right? Get out my thing here. Let me see here. Two weeks left in June. we got one more week left in June, about a week and a half. So 72 days for you if you are trying to get free. I can't express it more to you. I can't express it enough. If you know how to take yourself to deliverance, do you know how to sit down and make a list of things out? Of your struggle that you're struggling with, do it daily. Do it daily. And then use Deuteronomy 27 and 28. That's blessing and cursing scripture with Luke 10 19, where you literally say, Lord, I renounce, rebuke, and nullify. And you start running down this list. I don't care if you come up with the same things every day for the next five days. That's layers coming off. But be obedient the next 72 days. Say, so yeah, 72 days. And then ask God to forgive you for opening up the door for these cursings to come in. Forgive you and your forefathers. And Lord, slam these doors shut. 
that will help break, help you come out and through. But until I see you on Friday, I want you to go have a great rest of your day. And then uh, we'll talk more. And hopefully it'll be a better day for me. Last week was a horrible week because of passing of my friends. So I love you guys. Have yourself a great day. And we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye.